Oh, hello. I have no excuses for not recording last week, other than I just didn't get a chance to, so sorry. Really, really sorry. Um, what am I doing right now? I'm making poor choices. I just came up on an antique store, like a thrift store-ish type place. Should I stop? Should I keep going? feel like it's a sign that I'm not really able to park very close to it so I'm gonna keep going um this is what happens when I start watching and like following people who uh (laughs) who do vintage remakes and and have vintage shops and things like that I want to I want to get into all of it because I love the stuff but I have avoided it because you know, money. Um, I changed my mind. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stopping. Turns out there's actually a parking spot directly in front of this place. (laughs) If the Lord wills it, so be it. All right, I'll be back. Okay. That place was way too fancy for my liking. I'm more of a, um, garage sale gal. And that place had a a couple of things that were neat, but expensive. And I don't like, I don't like to pay for, I don't like to pay for stuff. You know what I like to do? I like to pay a quarter for something and then find out it's worth a (laughs) hundred dollars. That's more my style. Okay, so it's Wednesday. I have a 34 minute drive to my next destination and so we're gonna see how this plays out happy mother's day belated to any mothers who are listening i had a weird weekend um you know i have every like every other woman or most women in the world i have moments of high emotion leading up to my monthly visitor But outside of that, I'm kind of emotionless. I don't really, um, I mean, when it comes to crying and being emotional and overwhelmed and things like that, I really don't get, you know, too, uh, I think I've talked about this. Unless I see, like, kids doing something special, my kids do something special, or I see art that's special or, like, incredible, like, that'll get me every time, no matter what time of the month. But for whatever reason, well, I know what reason, but this weekend, I was highly emotional all weekend, just crying at at any point. And here's the thing, just maybe that you take this tip for next year and uh, hold on to it. And then when next year Mother's Day comes around, maybe, maybe reach out and, and think about it. Mother's Day for single moms is is okay I don't want to like discount the fact that there are there are women who may listen and think how dare you you have kids how could you complain okay I understand Mother's Day is very hard for women who are having uh, fertility issues who want to have children who have lost children I'm not discounting any of those things I'm 100% like empathetic except not because I've never experienced that and so I know it's hard I'm I'm not like passing that off 
I'm talking about, though, that in addition to those women, <clears throat> Mother's Day <clears throat> for a single for single moms is sucks. Okay, and here's why: <laughs> when you have small children. It's not like your children are getting in a car and going and buying you gifts or taking care of themselves so that you can sleep in and then do whatever you want to do for the day or however, like, however you prefer to celebrate Mother's Day. If you have small children and you're married, your spouse, their father or stepfather, whatever it is, initiates all of the things that honor your children or that your children do to honor their mother. So my ex-husband, love his heart, did none, none of those things. He used to tell me that he didn't understand why I would ever expect him to do anything for me because I wasn't his mother. It's just, he's a, he's a gem people. He's just a real classy guy. <laughs> so I didn't have really any like spectacular mother's day, uh, celebrations when I was married to him. And then, then now that I'm single, um, and I know this isn't just for me, I know this is the same for a lot of single moms, is that it's just another day, except for it's another day where there are constant reminders. It's because of social media. I blame Mark Zuckerberg or whatever his name is, and I think he's in charge of Instagram too, stupid kid, billionaire over some dumb social media. I blame social media and I blame him because... Because of those, because of social media, it's a day where, even though it's just like any other day, you know, for a single parent, um, because your kids, especially if your kids aren't old enough to initiate any type of special present or get, I know kids make things at school. My kids didn't even make anything at school this year, like total drop the ball in their, in their schools. <laughs> no, my daughter missed Friday. So I think that's when all that went down. So she didn't get to do it, but, um, you're just bombarded. You're bombarded with picture after picture after post after post after post of how, you know, it feels like every other mom in your world is being pampered and honored and, and taken care of and uh, let, they let, they're allowed to sleep in and they get breakfast in bed and they get blah, 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 blah. And so what I did and what I, I didn't go there all the way, but I found myself slipping into a wee a wee bit of a pity party because I thought what well, you know it's not fair I don't have anybody to you know help my kids to make me breakfast I don't have anybody to help let me sleep in I don't have anybody to take care of the baby today and it was it was compounded by the fact that that Max was really sick Clara was coming off of being sick. Like I said, she missed school on Friday. And so, as you know, when kids are sick, they want to be basically back in her uterus. They want to be in, they want to be on you nonstop. <laughs> and so for a working mom to have children who don't want to be more than six inches away from me for the entire day and knowing that that's my last day of not, of basically, you know, being home and, and being able to get things done in my home, it was overwhelming I love my kids. I want to take care of them when they're sick, but it was overwhelming. And then there was social media and then it was Mother's Day. And, and like my mom, she's amazing. She's wonderful. I got gifts for her. 
We got Chinese food, which is delicious. We had lunch. But I don't expect for her to, like, shower me with gifts. I'm not her mom. She's my mom. Like, I want to take care of her. I want to make sure that she knows that I respect her and honor her. And so I give her gifts. So there really isn't anybody in a single mom's world, in a single, you know, when it comes down to Father's Day, when a single father's world, um, that is, like, holds the burden of pampering and honoring and taking care of a single mom. And so... I'm telling you this, not because I'm trying to like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't need any like, oh, you're like, <laughs> this is why I don't say anything. Cause then people are like, oh my gosh, you're an amazing mom. You're wondering, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like mediocre at best. But what I will say is take this information, put it in your pocket. When next year rolls around, if you have any single moms in your life, reach out to them, reach out to them and say, Hey, um, we're going to lunch and we'd love for you to come along and, and we'll, we'll pay for your lunch, bring your kids. Like you have to pay for your kids. Let's be clear. No, (laughs) or we're having lunch with our family. And I know it's kind of awkward. Like it's mother's day. It's a total 100% family event, but reach out even if you don't invite them to your family's lunch just encourage single moms in your world who are struggling day to day and you know not maybe not struggling I don't know maybe I'm the only one who struggles but it's hard you know it's hard not to have somebody um that gets your kids up early and sneaks them around and makes you breakfast and brings a tea in bed even you know or that you know buys flowers and makes sure that your kids do car you know it's hard not to have that and it's hard when your kids are little and they don't care like it's just another day to them um you know and, and to be fair I've seen posts also of moms who are married and just because of the nature of their ages of their kids it wasn't much different than what my day looked like because the reality is mother's day it doesn't mean that your kids stop needing you or that they stop needing their diapers changed, or that they stop, and your husband can, you know, maybe do what he can do, but there are just some things that your kid's going to want your mom, the mom to do, so, anyway, take care of your single mom friends, reach out to them, encourage them, tell them they're amazing, tell them they're doing a good job, I'm keeping this in my own pocket, because I have a couple of friends who are single dads, and I didn't even think about it, like, I don't know why, this year especially, maybe because I have four kids now, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because Max was sick, it was more, it felt heavier, but, um, yeah, I wanted to make sure I reach out to them and just encourage them on that, on Father's Day, because it's no joke. It's no joke to feel left out, even though you are the thing. Like, there's definitely areas in my world, in my life, where I feel left out, and it's okay, because I'm not technically a part of that group, but I still am like, oh, I wish I was. Um, But in this situation, I am a mom. But I definitely feel left out on Mother's Day because it's not when anyway, I'm I'm carrying on. You get my point. You understand what I'm saying. So that's that. Um what else was I gonna talk about before I get into the topic? I don't know. Oh, I remember now. It's still May, which means it's still Foster Care Awareness Month, and so I wanted to just real quick touch on um, something that my church has been working on and that we're getting started and hopefully um, building as time goes on, but we have um, officially, about a month ago, month and a half ago, almost two months ago, my gosh, time is just flies, um, let me just backtrack. 
for just a second. I know I'm a mess. Hold on. The other thing I wanted to say for myself, and I wanted to just, I, I realize now that like I can talk about this stuff. I'm not bound. Like these children are mine forever. <laughs> I have adopted them. I actually got Mia's birth certificate in the mail and it says birth or it says mother's name. Samantha, like has my full name. It's me. Like I did not birth her, but I have a birth certificate that says that I, she is my daughter and I am her mom and it made me cry a lot. So anyway, these are my children. I can talk about their story. You know, I think a lot of it is, is I want to honor them. And as they get older, I want them to, to choose what parts of their, their history that they want to um, disclose. And I don't ever want to say anything that um, disrespects or, or degrades their birth mom, their biological mother. But um, I, that was another part of Mother's Day for me this year is that I have a lot of uh, regret and frustration that I never felt like I was able to have much closure with their biological mom. So the way that things went down is that Mia turned one in August of 2017 and at the end of August 2017 and she at that point her uh, leading up to that point her older two siblings had been visiting at the same time that she was with their biological mom and dad <clears throat> Friday nights I think it was five to seven was it six to eight five to seven anyway every week every week consistently um but around that time their um older brother and sister had obviously been in foster care for longer than Mia had and so the courts did decide to terminate um, their parental rights. And so they stopped coming to visitation. Um, and so then it was just Mia and she was coming obviously alone. Um, there were some scheduling issues with holidays and things like that leading into the fall. And then I want to say it was like the middle of November, maybe beginning of November that, uh, her parents stopped coming to visits and so she stopped having visits. I I was I knew that, and the caseworkers knew that her mom was pregnant, um, but she would never, she would not admit to that. She would not um, say that she was pregnant. She wouldn't share with anybody, you know, if she had been to the doctor or if she knew, you know, when the baby was due. I had been kind of told, like, if as long as I was willing, you know, to be available and I was available when the baby was born. Um, so it, fast forward to December of 2017, it'd been a, a, quite a while that Mia had not had any visits. What am I doing? I shouldn't be going this way. Dang it. 10 minutes slower. Oh no. Okay. Well, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Um, I had, she hadn't had any contact with her biological parents. I got a, um, I got a call on, or a text actually on a Sunday <clears throat> that Max, Max had been born and, um, and then I picked him up on Wednesday. His, um, his biological mom actually went out of state to deliver him and tried to, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I want to tell this story, but I also don't want to dog her because here's the thing. 
she had her issues she had her struggles but the woman did what she thought she could do to try to keep her baby she wanted to she wanted to keep her baby but she struggled and she made some poor choices and you know what any one of us could be in that same position with those poor choices so I'm trying to like I said I don't want to dog her because I don't want to come across like I'm in any way better I could be in that position that could be me like it could be any of us just the wrong directions wrong past wrong any all those things any any one poor choice could lead any anyway so he was born in Indiana and um she stayed in the hospital for a couple of days and then she left and he was there I picked him up she did have scheduled visitation with him twice a week and she didn't come. She came one time, very late, um, had missed the visit, and then she never came again up until August when the case, you know, the county did decide he met criteria um, for a kind of a fast track uh, termination of parental rights. And so um, there was no contact with her, you know, through that entire time. So coming into Mother's Day, obviously I'm this is my first Mother's Day being, you know, Max and Mia legally adopted. So exciting. Love it. But I also feel like a lot of sadness and a lot of grief over not having any connection or any relationship with their biological mom. I say that, but I know that in the back of my mind, I know that it probably would not be a good idea even if I was able to have contact with her because she needs help. She needs a lot of help and I'm not the person to be able to do that for her. But, um, so anyway, I guess that's just the dynamic of foster care and adoption when these holidays come around. I felt, I thought about it at Christmas too, because I thought, here are these babies, you know, Max had his first birthday and I can't imagine, I can't imagine how she feels. She gave birth to this child and then has not seen him at all since the hospital. I just, it just, it's heartbreaking to me. And, you know, I've thought about trying to connect up with her. I've thought about trying to track her down. I just don't know that I'd be very well received. Um, but anyway, I was feeling that too. That's another thing I wanted to share is just that dynamic of foster care and adoption and, and those feelings that come along with biological families. I think people kind of assume that foster parents, um, hate, hate the biological families or hate the birth families. Now listen, I'm, I'm pretty disgusted with her for the harm that she caused my children while she was pregnant. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, I'm not too happy about how she treated their older siblings. But the reality is, like I said, between mental health and drug and alcohol abuse and her own history with child welfare as a child, her own family history, she had a lot of strikes against her and she struggled and she needed a lot of help. The county did an amazing job. The caseworkers did an amazing, amazing job of trying to offer her all the assistance. I just, I just pray for her. I pray for her a lot, and I, and I hope that, um, I hope to connect up with her someday, and I hope that my younger two children will be able to, uh, at some point in their lives, have a healthy relationship with her, whatever, however that looks. Um, because I know they're going to want that. 
talk, tell, show me one adopted child who does not want to connect up with their biological family. That's what they want. It doesn't matter how great their adoptive family is, how wonderful their adoptive mom is, how much of an amazing childhood that they had. They want to know where they came from. And so I want, I'm, my prayer and my hope is that when that day comes, that their biological mom will have gotten the help that she needs and will be straightened out and will be able to really provide them with a positive interaction and a positive relationship that will give them, that will give them that fulfillment that they're, that I know that they'll be looking for as they get older. Okie dokie. I don't, I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, my church is started, started up a foster care outreach ministry, including what we're calling a care closet, which is just going to be kind of a pantry of items that kids need basically. And so this is brief. I just wanted to say, if you are a parent and you have things which kids accumulate, baby things, kid things, toys, clothes, whatever, if I'm, if, if you know me and I'm in your area, contact me if you have things that you needed to get rid of. Or if wherever you live, uh, contact a local church or a pantry or a foster care agency and find out if they also have some type of a pantry, closet, storage area for items like that. Because I think what, we, what I know and the reason that I wanted to create this at my church is that because taking a new placement into your home a lot of times it means a lot of money. And people maybe will think, well, that's okay. You get paid, don't you? You don't get paid to be a foster parent? Well, here's the reality. For example, you agree that you're going, okay, let me just just keep it 100 and talk about my own situation with Mia. I got a call on a Friday night. I agreed that I would take the placement of Mia directly from the hospital. She had nothing. She didn't even have a a going home outfit. So she didn't have a car seat. She didn't have anything. So when I go to the hospital and pick her up, I need to essentially be able to provide for all of the tangible items that a baby needs, which side note, when you're pregnant, you have 10 months, you have a baby shower, you have your mom, you have your aunts, you have friends that have had kids before you. Like you have all these people and all these opportunities to you know, build a nursery and fold little baby clothes and make sure you have everything and that you're ready when the baby comes. I got a call Friday night. I picked her up Saturday morning. So I went on Friday night to Babies R Us before it closed. RIP Babies R Us. Oh my gosh. So sad. Um, and I spent almost $400 on just the basic, basic items for a baby because I didn't, I had a crib and I had a car seat and those were the only two requirements for, um, the agency that I worked with. If you were going to foster kids in that age range, you know, zero to two or whatever. And I had been told for quite a while that it was very, very highly unlikely that I would ever get a placement in that age range. So I didn't really feel too motivated to go out and spend a lot of money on a bunch of baby things because I had been, like I said, I'd been told that I wasn't going to get a placement. So I didn't, anyway, I did get a placement, (laughs) my daughter, Mia. And, um, so I was fortunate to have the money to do that. I was fortunate that I had, you know, I had saved some money back for that exact situation. And just in case I did in fact get a placement, um, because I knew that I was going to have to run out and buy a bunch of things to be able to take care of a baby. 
not everyone can do that. Not everyone can front two, three, four hundred dollars for clothes, for baby baths, for bibs, for blankets, for towels. Babies need so many things, but so little things at the same time. But they need a lot of like basic things, bottles and formula. Formula alone, her cans of formula alone cost over twenty dollars a can. Now I did eventually get Wick benefits that helped with that but what I'm saying is as far as getting paid to be a foster parent or having help from the state for formula none of those things happen immediately if anything they can they maybe don't even happen in a month from when you know you have the placement so all that to say the reason why we have this care closet and that we're doing this is because we want to make sure, I want to make sure that any family who is considering foster care but feels held up because of some of the tangible kid baby things that they maybe don't have, we want to make sure we have those things. So my plea to you is that if you have things that you want to get rid of, if you want to donate, if they're kid things, if they're baby things, look for a foster care agency, a church that has a similar thing like this and reach out to them and see if they could maybe benefit from taking those things off your hands. Okay, that's it. Bye. Just kidding. I'm still here. I got 15 minutes because I had a detour because I missed my exit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that as a sign to keep talking. Now, that's it. Reach out. Donate things if you can. It's super helpful. Um, a crib and a, and a car seat. and a, I mean, you're, if I had to buy those things on top of the other little things I had to buy, I mean, it just adds up so, so quick. It's a very expensive industry. <laughs> Babies. <laughs> Babies they are. All of their little teeny things that they need become very expensive. Kids even, you know, like we talk, we have in our care closet because we have one of our foster moms who does foster older children. And she was like, you know what we needed? We needed more towels. We needed bedding sets. We needed comforters. We needed um, more toothpaste and extra toothbrushes. We needed um, more laundry detergent because the laundry just explodes when you bring kids in. So it was like things like that that you don't think about for older kids that when you bring, you know, an older, maybe middle school age sibling group into your home, you need some of those toiletries and bathroom and bedroom things that can be really expensive. So anyway look for somewhere to donate your things to help out foster families because it's foster care awareness month thank you so much goodbye um, i'm still here and i'm back <laughs> all right today i want to talk about a topic really briefly it has nothing to do with foster care or mother's day i'm just going to transition very awkwardly into this topic i want to give full credit to a youtuber that i watch and i really like and i kind of I don't know. I feel like our personality, like if we lived close to each other, we could probably be best friends. Um, our personalities, I feel like, are, are similar. But her name is Sarah Ray Vargas, R-A-E, if you want to look it up, Sarah with an H, on YouTube. And especially if you're a plus-size gal like myself, she makes some really incredible videos about um, what she calls straight-size retailers like like there are plus size retailers who like Lane Bryant Torrid those are stores that exclusively carry plus size clothing but she makes videos she makes videos about those too don't get me wrong but she also makes videos about straight size retailers clothing retailers like American Eagle uh, 
H&M, Route 21, blah, 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 those types of places, mall stores, and talks about basically like, do they carry plus sizes? How do they fit? What do they look like? What's the best things to buy there for plus? Anyway, I really like, I really like it because it gives me a good idea. Like I know that I can get on American Eagle online and I can order size closes and clothes, closes. I can order closes. I can order clothes in my size and I kind of know what to expect based on her videos and she's she's doing the work for me and I appreciate that so um she made a video about how and I wanted to piggyback on her video I've had this idea for a while and I feel this way but she put it into words specifically and I want to make sure she gets I give her credit but what she's talked about that I want to talk about today is the fact that, and this is my unpopular opinion, the fact that body positivity, okay, body positivity does not necessarily mean body love. And here's what I mean by that. I could support all body types in women, men, whatever. I could support that. I could get behind it. I could say, you know what? Do what you need to do. Take care of yourself, sister. Go you. You're big. You're little. You're tall. You're short. You're whatever you are. I could be positive about my own body and say, look at me and my fat tail. I'm taking care of four kids. My body is rocking it. I've birthed two children. You know, I could be positive about my own body. But I think what's happened is that there has been such a huge push of body positivity at all expense, no matter what, no matter what size, no matter how unhealthy, no matter what, like it doesn't matter. Be positive about your body. Be positive. Be positive. Don't come down on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't degrade yourself. Don't, um, you know, hold yourself to anybody else's expectations. And I, what I want to say is, Sometimes I think you have to. Sometimes for me, and my opinion is that I can be positive about my body and what my body can do, what my body has done, but I don't have to love everything about it. I don't have to love my giant elephant trunk thigh, like elephant leg thighs. I don't have to love my cankles. Look, actually I call them thankles because my ankles are the same size as my thighs. It's like an elephant leg, just straight down from the top to the bottom. You know, I don't have to love that. I don't have to love my, um, my hair, my thinning hair, apparently that I'm going to have as I get older. Also, my hair is turning white and I am here for it. 100%. I kept, keep catching little spots of it, white here and there. I can't wait. You know why? Because when you have white hair, you don't have to take shit from nobody. I'm 40 and my hair is completely white. Get out of my way. Like, I'm boss. I'm boss lady with white hair. I'm all, I'm all about it. Bring it on. You know, I don't have to love the, the fact that my tail end is gigantic. And, and it's hard to find pants. And it's hard to fit into clothes. I don't have to love those things about myself. I could be positive about it. I could be say, you know what? I'm doing a lot of good things. And thank you, Lord, that my body is healthy. And that I'm able to do what I need to do. Because here's the thing. I know. I know that there are so many women who would look at me and say, I'd give anything. I'd give anything to be that weight. I'd be anything to be that healthy. I'd be anything to not have to deal with this feeding tube or this oxygen or this cancer treatment or this anything. I'd give anything. I understand that. 
And so I'm not discounting the fact that, you know, I'm positive and I'm ha- and I'm content with the body that God gave me. And I'm, and I'm so thankful to be healthy, but I also want to be better. I'm not going to sit back and say, well, this is just what it is. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in who I am, so I'm just going to leave it alone and not try to be better. No, I'm going to try to be better. For example, I went on a run last night. I don't know. It's just a new thing that I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did go. I did run, but I pushed a double stroller, which Mia refused to get into. If you've ever taken a walk with a two-year-old, you know it's a lot of stopping and starting and going and not going. And then you're looking at water and squirrels and birds. And so I would run about a hundred yards and then she would see something and she'd be trying to run with her little short legs and keep up with me. But you know, I want to exercise. I want to be healthy. I want to be around for my kids. I want to be, I don't love everything about my body. And so I want to make improvements and I want to change things and I want to do better. And so I think we just get sometimes caught up in this mentality of our society of, of this feeling of like, I can't say anything negative about myself because then it doesn't look like I love myself. Bullshit. Bull crap. I'm trying not to cuss as much. My kids keep telling me I cuss too much. I don't really, but sometimes I do. Um, you know, bull crap. Look, you can, you can have negative feelings about your body and that doesn't mean that you're not thankful for what you have. I think here's a side note to listeners that I have who are Christians. I, I honestly think that God calls us to do better and to take care of our bodies and to be healthy and to work to preserve the, and and to, to give the best that we can to the bodies that God gave us. Because here's where, here's the, here's the play by play. He gives us a body. The whole reason we're here on earth is to give him glory. And so if we can't do, if we can't walk, if we can't run, if we can't participate in our lives because our bodies, because we've damaged our bodies and we don't take care of them, then how can we then participate in the things in our lives that will give him glory? We can't. We can't. So I feel like God calls us to be as healthy as we can. God calls us and demands that we participate in our lives and and take care of our bodies in a way that honors him and gives him glory and that we can we can serve and, and be involved and do and be active until we can for the rest of our lives so that's a side note but I just, I just want to encourage you. I don't want to encourage me to be like, oh, thank you. I'm going to tell the world about how much I hate myself now. No, I mean, I just think we get caught up in like this no negative thinking, no negative thoughts, no negative, no, no, don't trash yourself. Don't bring yourself down. You know, be positive, be positive. And it's like, that's just not reality. That's just not reality. I think a lot of times those negative thoughts and those, that negative thinking, it can be a, a big spur in your butt to get you motivated. You know, you see a picture of yourself, you don't like the way you look. So then the next thing you know, you're on it, you're, you're changing the way you eat. You're changing your lifestyle. You're changing your eating habits. You're changing your sleeping habits. You're changing your uh, activity level. I think those thoughts, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, those negative feelings, those negative thoughts sometimes can really spur you to do better and to be better and to work harder to achieve goals that you have with your body. 
So that's that. That's my unpopular opinion. Body positivity does not necessarily mean that you love your body. It doesn't. And you know what? If you don't love it, then work on loving it. And when I say work on loving it, I don't mean change the way you think. I mean do the work to change your body so that you do love it. And uh, I'm still doing it. You know I'm still doing it. It's a year. What is it? A year later? I think I think the first... I think my recording a year ago, I was starting a diet or something. I listen. I've been on a diet for 20 years. I don't care. I mean, I talked about last episode. I'm in an accountability group with two other women. And it's really, really been so encouraging. So helpful. And so... I think this one is going to stick, folks. Hopefully, I don't get called for another baby because that's what messed me up the last time. I was really on a, on a, uh, I was really moving forward, and then Max came and all hell broke loose because preemies. Am I right? Preemies—they just make you want to eat everything. Sleep deprivation makes you want to eat everything. All right, that's all I got for today. I'm wrapping it up because it's a very clear message. I don't feel like I need to go into a lot of detail. I feel like I just wanted to say that. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to give permission to anyone who's listening to be able to have negative thoughts about your body. Do it. Do it. You know what? Write them down. I've done this. I have wrote down head to toe all of the things that I do not like about my body. And then my goal is to work on improving all of those areas in my body. That's what I'm doing. You know what? I don't like it. I don't like my hair being thin. So I'm now I'm putting some rosemary oil. It smells like a rotisserie chicken. I don't I don't care. Now my head smells like <laughs> my head smells like a rotisserie chicken, but it is helping my hair to grow. So it's worth it. You know what? I get hungry after I put it on my head. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I don't like my teeth. My teeth are crooked because I didn't wear my retainer. I blame my mom. I don't tell her I said this, but I blame her. I broke my retainer and then she never bought me a new one. It was my own fault. I should have, should have not broke it and just got a new one. But I don't like my teeth. So I'm saving money to get braces at 36 years old. I'm going to be that woman with braces pushing 40. I don't care. I'll do anything. You know, I don't want, you know, you get what you get my point. Write it down. Go head to toe and write down the things that you don't like your body and then make, make this, take the steps towards changing those things, improving those things, do the work, get better, be better and move forward. I hate stagnant. My ex-husband, again, bless his heart. He used to tell me I am who I am. I, you know what, you know who that statement is, is reserved for God period. Nobody else. Nobody else gets to say that. You know why? Because it's a cop-out. You don't, you don't know who you are. If that's, if that's your cop-out to sit back and say, well, this is just, this is as good as it gets. I am who I am. No, no, I hate stagnant. Move forward, make progress, do better, be better. Go to God, ask him to reveal areas of your life that you need to improve. If you think you've pretty well mastered everything, trust me, He'll bring some things to light for you that you're screwing up. I'm about to preach and I need to to shut up. All right. I'm pulling in here to a patient's house. That's all I got for today. Be encouraged. Here's Here's the takeaways. Number one, reach out to a single parent on Mother's Day slash Father's Day. Number two, donate your kids stuff to a foster family or to a shelter or to a, um... I just missed my address. A church or something along those lines uh, to help out with other foster families. And number three, um, be positive. Be Have good thoughts 
about the body that you've been given, but also know that if you don't love parts of your body, that's okay. Do the work to get yourself to a point to where you do love it. Okay, that's it. That's all I got for today. My battery's almost dead and I'm at my patient's house. So perfect timing. Okay, I'll talk to y'all the next time. Have a great, great day. All right, bye.